Welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. I'm uh, Justin Jr. With me, as always, is Chuck Poland. How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, well, things My good? Elvis. Yeah, things are good. Things are good. My Elvis wasn't very good there. But, but, <laughs> oh, you were uh, going for Elvis. See, I, I exactly. It wasn't very good. <laughs> didn't Dang. catch that. Oh, yeah, sorry. see? Sorry. Totally. Uh, it was a perfect, just spot on Elvis. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Maybe the older, fatter, n- unloved Elvis, but not the, not the younger, hipper you know hip swinging elvis i guess i don't know oh i don't know you've always been a hip swinging elvis to me chucks oh so sweet things good Uh, yeah things are good man just you know stuff up or uh yeah i mean i i pretty much um you know have the tracy just kind of i i haven't introduced the other male yet but i've i've kind of mm-hmm. opened all the pass-throughs and and are letting kind of the animals do do as they do um so i'll probably toss in the other male here shortly and uh allow the the jockeying and and moving around it's funny they you know they kind of i think the two males kind of just keep each other apart but like you know um one always seems to to be much more around the female when the other's not. So, um, so they don't they don't combat or anything. Huh? They're pretty. I have never seen. I oh, have wow. never seen. I've never seen them combat. I so, was not aware of that, sir. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I, I mean, you know, mine don't. I don't. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. all I can say past that. But uh, huh. yeah, I've never like to the point where you know I was kind of like, are these you know, is this a male and two females or like hmm. I? But yeah, I, I'm I'm. Uh, they're, they're not, they don't, uh, they don't do uh combat. So cool. So do you have multiple, multiple females in there as well? So a couple males, couple females or, uh, so I just have like a reverse trio. So one female, okay. two males. Uh, so, um, I think I don't know for sure, but I think I've had a single sire for both clutches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the dominant male kind of is the one getting the job done, but, I've seen both males with the female, so I don't know. It could be a a, a mixed paternity thing uh, between these two clutches. Uh, I just don't know. So I, I want to get good sheds and give them to Ben and start working all that out. I've, I kind of reached out to him, and I just like work's been super crazy, and it's like you know just getting yeah. the sheds together and and. Um, you know, it's kind of hard now too, because you got to pay attention to who's in shed and who it came from because they're all in the cages, uh, to Mm kind of together. So, um, but, but I will, you know, get all those over to him. We'll work out, uh, paternity and then start, um, going backwards to genetically sex and then, Mm -hmm. um, and then determine, um, uh, um, relative, you know, um, my God, what is wrong with me right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. how, how related they are or not related they are to each gotcha. other. So, gotcha. uh, paternity, cool, I don't right? know, whatever yeah. the word, whatever the word I still can't think of is. Yeah. Well, they're all at least half related from the yeah. same email. Right, right, right. right. Well, and I, and I just kind of mean like how parents. related the parents are. So yeah. kind of relate, you know, figure that part out and then um, kind of figure out the, you know, genetic sexing and, and then mm-hmm. how then we can kind of look at comparatively how related all the 
offspring are to each other. So yeah, I was um, going to say, this sounds like a Dr. Moral. So. Oh, for sure. No, I was just like, yeah. ah. so you've already contacted him and yeah, I, I've talked to him and you've heard I just, him. yeah, I, cool. I reached out, um, Oh, I don't know, a month or, or so ago and, and, yeah. uh, just was like, Hey, you know, what's the, well, what's the possibility of all this? And, uh, he's like, we could do it. Um, you know, so I've just been, you know, kind of first thing first with it. Um, mm-hmm. but like I said, you know, I, I do pretty hands off stuff now and yeah. just kind of, do you have sheds for all your offspring to, to check? Those? Um, no, I, I, I really haven't, um, been saving those. I probably should, I probably should just start saving those, but I was going to get the parents first and, um, you know, I really haven't been feeding a lot. So the shedding is, has slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, the male just shed and he had kind of a crappy shed. So I got to mm. get the rest of his shed off of him. And then, um, you know, uh, so it's, you know, it gets a little dry here in the winter. So, um, that's another thing. I'm not really doing a lot of humidity this year. So we'll see if the whole, how humidity is important thing, uh, shakes out. Okay. Um, Risky so, move. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm compounded risky moves this this yeah. year by changing cages. And so, yeah. you know, if it doesn't, um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, multiple You're variables. You're only supposed to change one variable. Yeah, only yeah, supposed to change I mean, one variable so you can track well, it. Well, <laughs> but I didn't really, I didn't really do anything with higher humidity the last time. And it was, yeah. you know, they were. Yeah. So, were yeah. So I, I don't personally don't think that's like a, a make or break factor, but. You never know. I don't know. You know, find out, find yeah. out. Yeah. How about you, cool. dude? Oh yeah. Just uh, paired the blackheads. I, I really hope All this right. is my year for those, those no guys. Doubt. Yeah. I need to pair a few more things. Uh, Are you doing, doing anything different? Um, kind of not really. I mean, just last year or last, not, I didn't get any eggs this last year cause we moved. Well, the eggs crashed because we moved yeah, and then she yeah, didn't yeah. this last season. So hopefully she's, you know, ready to go this, this season. So, yeah, yeah. um, and that she's settled in and everything, but yeah, it should be, should be hopefully my year this year. So yeah. we'll no, finger, fingers crossed for you, dude. I Thanks. hope so, man. I, 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 uh, that would be a cool, that would be a cool sight to see. Oh yeah. It's always great to add another species to the, to the list, you know, put but, a, no- a notch in your belt. Yep. <laughs> Another notch in my belt. Well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get on with the fight in here. We've got a very yeah. special guest, uh, a, a friend from Texas. We, we got to herp together. So we forged a brotherly bond in the heat of Texas. <laughs> um, so without further ado, I, uh, welcome Justin Smith to the program. Thanks for being here, man. You, we shared Smitty tears, apparently, according to uh, Burke and, and the other guys. <laughs> uh, Phil messaged me. He's yeah, like, dude, that's... did you hear the new NPR? And I said, yeah. And I kind of <laughs> laughed. I was like, last I checked, I was one of two or three people at the top of that that hill. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Whatever. true. Yeah, a few, of them a few of them didn't make it up, but yeah. <laughs> and I, I had right. to fight a black bear with my bare hands. <laughs> yeah from like 30 you did yards get away with my phone and it was on the move uh when when you saw him or her and her mm-hmm. cub so <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I want to uh, go back i was hoping to get a second glimpse but yeah that was like that was a fun trip i really want to get out there again and i know jake's yeah. jake's itching to now too after you know hearing everything and all that yep 
it's always hard to see posts of people who go there subsequent to, to our visit because they're finding like gray bands and all sorts mm-hmm. of cool stuff. Um, so you just have to go, well, we, we did find some cool stuff, but you know, yeah, it was a blast. It was, it was what I it is. It. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was Still a good trip. For stuff sure. very different from what we have here at home, you know, down the Southeast, yeah. it's like yep. another planet. And so just being mm-hmm. in something completely what I'm not used to, you know, I, there's a, just yeah. the landscape and everything. I had a, a, an appreciation for all of it. So, yeah, it's hard too. Cause there's so many cool areas to go herp, you know? And it, yeah. when, when I was in Arizona, I was thinking, man, it sure is nice not to have to have to walk cuts. You know, we could get into the <laughs> habitat a little more, have some BLM land that you could go on to. And instead of worrying about getting shot on private land. So, um, I do enjoy wheelers th- going 90 miles an hour exactly blowing you against the cut you know that was a little <laughs> little sketchy <laughs> but yeah it's a very cool place to herp you know other than the fact that you have to stick to the roads for the most part but i did enjoy getting into some of the state and national parks mm-hmm. you know into the habitat and seeing them kind of on the hike is is a lot funner to see them in that that way rather than you know on the side of the road of a cut but yeah big ben was <laughs> you awesome you what you have to do yeah yeah i love that uh, ranch ranch yeah yeah, that was cool to get in there and see see that just perfectly camouflaged Western Diamondback mm-hmm. and all the geckos and all the stuff. That was cool. Cool. Well, I mean, most people probably know who you are, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do in, in herpetoculture and where you fit in? I am a fellow podcaster and host of oh, yeah. the Herpetoculture Podcast, which is kind of the original one. Over time, mm-hmm. it too has has evolved into a network, kind of like the NPR network. Um, so yeah. it's THP and then we have snakes and stogies, which is a live show that me and Phil Wolf do. Uh, and then there's the Chondro cast, which hasn't had an episode in a very long time, which was completely focused on, uh-huh. on green trees. Uh, and yeah. then we just recently within the last like month or two months started a one on corn snakes, um, called corn stars. Cause that's, that's one that I got I've been getting heavy back into corns the last mm-hmm. six months or so. So it's been Nice. Sort of did that for me in a sense because I like to you know playing catch up with all the different morphs and stuff now and what better way than yeah. to sort of add, get the the questions that I would normally ask in a you know a message or something and get that same uh-huh. information out there because I'm sure there's plenty of other people in that same same boat. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's what usually what drives me to write a book is if I get into something, yeah. <laughs> I want to know more, know more about it. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for being here. You know, you were you were on uh, a previous episode when we were in Texas. Mm-hmm. We recorded a fight club from the field. So um, nice to have you in the the relaxed uh, setting of your own home. And <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks for being here. So today we're going to talk about the use of uh, scientific names versus uh, using common names. So um, I know there's I've I've heard a bit of controversy about this on on different trips, you know, and uh, around different people. So um, there is some, you know, strong feelings uh, both ways. So we're going to explore both sides of that issue. So um, as we have you as the guest. We're going to go ahead and flip the coin to see who gets to debate you today, fight you today. So, right. um, Chuck, you want to do the honors? Sure. <laughs> sure. All right. Here we go. Uh, Heads. Call it. Heads. Heads, <laughs> tails. Aren't we like Owen <laughs> right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> why do we even uh, flip anymore? Look, I, I told all of you people that I don't gamble and I don't take risk. And yeah. and now I hope all of you 
fully <laughs> understand exactly why I don't do those things. Oh, okay? oh yeah. I, I will on know. Dis- yeah. It is on display. Okay. It is, it is almost uh, comical, but it, hey, yeah. you know, if it was different, you know, it just wouldn't be as fun. So No, I mean, it, it, it has to be this way. It has All to right. Be. Well, you get to moderate for us tonight. That's, so. that's, that's perfectly okay. Yeah. That's perfectly okay. All right, Justin, you want to you want to call no, it? I for gotta, I gotta fight a doctor though now. <laughs> no, that's uh, all right. I'm a doctor of virology. We're not talking about viruses, so you're safe. <laughs> the the last time the last time we had uh, that he 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 was almost in Smitty tears. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead and call it in the air. Uh, tails. It's tails. You do not have the luck of Chuck, but <laughs> so you get to pick which side you want to defend. Oh, it's tough. So, <laughs> and like I told y'all before we started, I wrote notes for both just in case. I was like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to put all my eggs in, in the in the four baskets. So I'm going to set some aside. <laughs> my wife actually made fun of me for it. She thought I was a giant nerd. No, <laughs> no, there's no, no, no. She didn't get the it. way you do it. Yeah, we celebrate no. nerds here. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. We celebrate nerds here. She just walked in. Now she's yeah. staring at me. <laughs> she thinks I'm really cute. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, um, you go. there you go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do the do the four. Okay. Right. Four using are, scientific names. Four using scientific names. But <clears throat> for the if you end up touching on some of the stuff that I wrote about the against part, then I will chime in and I can sprinkle okay. my two cents That's- in there. But that sounds good. I use scientific <laughs> names. I use them a lot to the point to where it's yeah. just, it's just a habit. It's just it's the default setting. So Yeah. No, I you know, I I, I agree. I and I think we're probably on the same page on a lot of these things for sure, but hey, that's what that's what happens on Mild Disagreement Club. So when we were in Texas, <laughs> I had to do what do, it was the uh, influencer, I think, episode that we yeah. were talking about, and yeah. I had to <laughs> had to argue for them. And for that, was, that was tough. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No. Yeah. You, sometimes you are given quite a tall task. Uh, yeah. With, with with arguing against every fiber of your being on some of these topics, where it's like, really, I can't. Yeah. I almost can't do this, but here we go. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, do you want to go first, or do you want to defer? Oh, <laughs> let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, the best offense is a good defense. So I'm going to, I'm going to defer. Okay. All right. I will, I will start us out here. So, um, the last, uh, trip I was on, I was on, um, with, with my wife, Heidi, and, uh, we went down to Southern Utah and went herping with some, some local guys, uh, um, down there, um, Chris and Aspen. And then we had a bunch of East Coasters in for a little trip. So we had Keith McPeak and a bunch of other guys. Um, sorry, guys. I'm not going to name y'all right now. <laughs> uh, I'll name Keith. because we, we did Arizona together. But yeah, there was a group of us. It was it was a lot of fun. And uh, the the lot, you know, Heidi kept asking me, what are they talking about? What, what animal are they referring to? Because everybody was using scientific names, you know, especially a few of them. And there were other guys that seemed a little more... Um, hesitant because they weren't familiar with the animals in the area. And so they didn't maybe know some of the scientific names for the, for the animals in the area. And so I think, you know, um, you've got to know your audience. 
And so yeah. if you've got a group of people who are not familiar with the scientific names you're, you're talking about, it might be a little easier to use uh, the common names, at least for their benefit. Um, you might use them in conjunction, you know, use both, but mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you got to know your audience and, and use common names m more frequently sometimes uh, than others. But I would say know your audience. That's kind of how I'd start out. Yeah. And I'd agree with that. I mean, we were, me and Phil were talking about it briefly the other night. Um, and, you know, with, so if you're doing videos and it's aimed at, you know, kids or people that are kind of just getting into it. Yeah. It might be a little overwhelming um, in terms of like the magazine and stuff. So Herpeticulture magazine, which me and Phil do as well. I like to, if some of the writers start addressing things by the, the genre name or the, the species name itself, uh, nomenclature wise, mm -hmm. I don't mind keeping that in there and not adding the common name. Cause I want it to kind of engage people and have people curious enough yeah. to where they want to go look it up. And they're, you know, I know most of the articles are sort of more spotlighted towards a certain species, but you know, when you have stuff mm -hmm. like carpets and whatnot or Ganyasoma or anything like that, giving people sort of that, that crumb of information in a sense to where they, they now want to go look into it more, I think is, is good. And so it's kind of challenging people in a sense. And it's not, uh, mm -hmm. like I said, for me, it's a habit. <clears throat> uh, I picked it up when I was heavy into <laughs> yeah. inverts and I was keeping a lot of square beans and tarantulas, um, which in mm -hmm. that corner of the hobby, common names really aren't used at all. So you yeah, kinda, by yeah. default, you just you figure it out and you end up catching on and and remembering these things. Um, so for me, that's yeah, that that was a big part in in that becoming the habit it is. Um, but I like to like yeah. I said, I think and, I'm, and I'm gonna... it challenges people, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's definitely, if it's in written form, they have the opportunity to Google or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, if you, if you use it with the common name up front and have the scientific name in parentheses and then refer to it later as by the scientific name, they should pick up on that. You know, um, that's kind of how science writes. And, you know, I guess in, in my books, I, I like to use the common names almost as much as I like to use the scientific names, just because, um, like I said, you can define them up front and then you can refer to them later and you have more than one thing you can call them. So you're not saying Morelius below to, you know, McDowell, I, the whole, yeah. the whole article, yeah. you can say coastal carpet as well. So, um, I, I, um, I, in regards to the tarantulas, that was another thing. <laughs> Rob Christian was there on the trip in Utah, going back to that, uh, example. And, and he kept referring to all the spiders and scorpions by the scientific name and so he just go oh look a uh, blah 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 you know and mm -hmm. i have no clue on any spiders or or you know scorpions and so i'm like you know reptile i'm you know and no it's a spider or a scorpion or whatever so yeah. it's like oh okay you know wah wah <laughs> i'm out there looking for reptile. i mean it is cool to see him but you know so i i had no clue what he was talking about if he was looking at a spider or reptile or whatnot so you know even if you know quite a few scientific names you still get thrown for loop also again back to that trip now actually this was a previous trip with uh, chris and aspen um, we were, we found some, uh, Chuck Wallace and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Chuck Wallace. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you don't have those. And that, you know, that would I, just make sense. I Chuck, feel like Chuck, that would Chuck be Wallace. too obvious. What a, you the know perfect what I mean? business name right there. Chuck's Chuck Wallace. Ah, <laughs> Chuck's Chuck I, I feel like Chuck that's Chuck gotta Wallace. have been done. 
I don't know. I've never seen. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't either, but I feel like it has to have, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, it's gotta be you, man. You gotta, you gotta pick up the torch anyway. So I referred to him as Soramalis obesus, which, uh, and they're like, Soramalis obesus. They're like, it's adder you idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm like, did I just make that up? Where, where did I hear sore mouse obesis, you know? <laughs> and so I, I went home and I looked it up and you know, once I had cell signal and I'm like it, it, that was one of the previous names. So that's oh. another thing with scientific names, you know, just like, uh, you know, any, any name, the, the taxonomy changes over time. And so the, the scientific name, the species name, the genus name might change over time. I, I mean, all the, um, whiptail lizards, you know, um, have changed to Aspedicillus and, you know, the toads from Bufo to Axorax and Axis, whatever, mm-hmm. however you pronounce their scientific name. So, you know, those names change uh, over time as well. So if you say, you know, oh, that's a boreal toad, I'd probably know what you're talking about. If you said that's an Axis Maxis uh, borealis, then I might be like, wait, what? I don't. I didn't know it changed from Bufo so yeah, yeah. <laughs> until just a few years ago. And I'll so give that you that one. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I had on against is that it's just it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. It, it can be kind of hard to keep mm-hmm. up with, especially with some of the stuff that's more studied than others. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of those papers, too, like you won't hear about it until like a year or a couple months after that paper's already been published. And everyone's like, yeah, that was that's old news, dude. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I will yeah. give you that one. It can be kind of hard to keep up with. <laughs> It's ever evolving. Yeah. Well, you still see a lot of people putting uh, Somalia into Morelia yeah. still. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's and that mm-hmm. happened a little while ago. And and that's still I still see it. Not it, I mean, most people don't anymore. But, um, you know, you still see the occasional uh, person. And then, you know, some yeah. somebody has to be like, excuse me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, too, I mean, it, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, to that point, it's, you know, whether it's reclassified, whether rhino rats or Ganyasoma or Rhinkophis, whatever, it doesn't have zero bearing mm-hmm. on how we're keeping the animals. So really, at the end of the right. day, it's kind of semantics at that point. But it's still cool to read the papers when things change. It's cool to find out what new information they have on some species or insular stuff that hasn't been really studied or looked at in any any depth. Um, so it is it mm-hmm. is also fun to, to get used to reading these papers and sort of understanding um, what exactly some of the terminology is and stuff like that. Um, that book that I have, that reptile veterinary medicine and surgery. Um, <clears throat> the, I, I love the that book. book. Yeah. yeah. That has a ton of stuff that I was just Googling as I was reading. Cause it's like, I've never heard of, you know, X, Y, and Z before and like finding out what that means in relation to medical stuff. And like same with papers. You know, what are these these mm-hmm. measurements and these numbers that they have with this 20 syllable scientific word behind it? Uh, <laughs> I don't have an example to give you, yeah. but, you know, it's it's cool. Like, <laughs> I like learning that stuff. I like going and finding it. I like figuring that out. So when I see it down the road in another paper, I'm, I'm clued in. I know exactly what sort of what they're talking about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, when I, when I was a kid, um, we had, you know, the summer reading challenge for elementary school. I think I was in fourth grade or something. And my dad, he worked at a, um, it's called Desert Industries. It's like a thrift shop. So he, he would teach people how to work and, and they'd teach them how to work through running a thrift shop kind of thing. And so uh, he brought me home an old herpetology textbook and I had like all my pets, uh, you know, scientific names and, you know, wh- what family, class, all that kind of 
of stuff they were they belonged to and and uh, all mapped out within a couple days you know and i uh i got credit for one book that's the summer <laughs> you know everybody's reading like 70 <laughs> 70 books i read one and it was a herpetology college yeah. textbook but <laughs> i probably didn't understand half of it but i understood enough to classify all my you know bring out all the scientific names and classifications of my animals. Um, so I, you know, I do enjoy, um, using scientific names, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure most of those scientific names have probably changed <laughs> since that book was written. And a lot of the old books you get, yeah. you see the, the differences, you know? Um, so, you know, the, the, the inconsistency there, but for the, for the most part, you know, I'll, I'll do a little Shakespeare quote, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. You know, you're, you're get as long as you can communicate what mm -hmm. you're talking about, um, then yeah, there's no, no real harm in using the other names. Uh, I, I yeah. do, I do think for, I'm going to side with you here, Justin, just for Whoa. a minute. Okay. I know, I know <laughs> everybody calm down. This won't happen very often. All right. But you know, for me, and I mean, this grows back, like I, I grew up, I still, I mean, I still have a learning disability and it's hard. Spelling is hard for me. Like mm -hmm. words, you know, big word, big words scare me. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and, and I mean, I don't know how long I called it clastopus and you were like, you mean clastolepus? And I'm like, yep, I sure do. I, I sure do. So, you know, and, and I mean, I recognize that I am going to usually butcher out uh, some scientific names before I get them right. And I think, I think that's hard for some people who are coming in and trying to learn them and are not, haven't heard them a lot or aren't proficient with them where they want to use the common name and they shy away from it because it's, there's some intimidation to it. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think from that standpoint, the, the, you know, the common name is, is a great safe spot for most people where they can yeah. be like, I, I don't, I'm, Man, Latin is scaring me bad right now, but I can mess with the common name. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I think as people get into it, um, that they'll eventually get those Latin names and, and they'll, you know, they'll start using the taxonomy as they start learning the natural history and those kinds of things. Right. Like that's what kind of, yeah. you know, anyway, that was just my. Yeah. My, and it's funny you say my that little too, ups for Justin, because we were talking about <laughs> night snakes on the last snakes and stogies. And because mm -hmm. I want some of those hypsoglana, like those are cool little snakes. They're I want to so cool. try them yeah. out. I'm going to go ahead and, and deal with lizards and figure out how what I need to do to, to make that happen. So, um, yeah, we were talking about them. We were using common names and I had someone message me on Instagram with uh, the Mexican night snakes. I yeah, what their, their genus really name cool. is. And they're like, oh, these are for mm -hmm. sale. And I was like, oh, that's the wrong night snake. And I sent them a picture of the <laughs> right one. And so it's like stuff like that. And I wrote so stuff like especially South American stuff when you have parrot snakes, mm -hmm. bird snakes, puffing snakes, machete snakes, like, and they all look fairly similar. I mean, puffing and bird snakes don't yeah. look like machete snakes, but when you're getting down <laughs> to really like basic common names like that, it can be very hard to understand what people are asking about, you know, Spilotes and Pasolotus, yeah. mm -hmm. two different things, but I guess you could technically call them both bird snakes and to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked about Jance and I like Ganyasoma, you know, the black tailed rat snake. That's, it's a fairly nondescript common name. And I feel like there's, yeah. there's likely a lot of rat snakes you could call a black tailed rat snake. Uh, mm -hmm. So different. So you kind of feel like you kind of feel like sometimes that scientific name helps kind of uh, pe peg down what you're talking about a little bit better. Is yeah. That, yeah. And I think it's that, especially right? on other podcasts and stuff too. Um, Cause if someone's talking about night snakes, it's like, are they talking about those Mexican night snakes? Are they talking about the, uh, 
you know, the ones in Texas and Arizona, the Chihuahuas. Um, mm-hmm. There's just, mm-hmm. it's a universal language, like it's Latin. And that's yeah. kind of the one yeah, thing yeah. in a taxonomy itself, I feel like doesn't have a whole lot of standards as far as thresholds and, and measuring sticks. You know, it's fairly open. To yeah. sub, you know, it's subjective to a degree, especially when you're looking at mm-hmm. deviation and, and stuff from groups as far as something. At what point are we saying something's a subspecies or a separate species entirely? You know, mm-hmm. there is no real good answer to that. And so to have something that is sort of a standard where it's like this, like kind of like math, like it's not going to change. Like, yeah, even if they, and, and def- yeah. definitely at some point it's not like if I would say genus and down we're pretty much we're pretty much nailed down you know what i mean we're, we're not we're not uh we're not in debate from from genus up but uh, right. certainly from genus down we, we you know there's a lot of but which encompasses a huge you know a huge huge amount of uh fauna so you know um mm-hmm. yeah I, I think, uh, you know, in, in that same line, um, you know, when you talk about even, even dis, distantly related animals like the, you know, Apodora, uh, Papuan Python versus mm-hmm. the Papuan carpet Python, if you're calling them that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that can be confusing. Mm-hmm. And, and when people, uh, you know, have that rigidity and, and, you know, no, you have to call it a West Papuan or you have to call it a, you know, an Irian Jai or whatever, you know, changing the name. And then the common name can be just as confusing as the scientific mm-hmm. name sometimes, but you know, the scientific name of the, uh, Papuan carpet Python, you know, is a little dubious anyway. So, right. it, you know, probably should be very variegata or variegata. Um, and also pronunciations of, of scientific names. A lot of times, you know, you'll get harped on for that. Uh, you know, That's I, 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 uh, I didn't feel like I was harping on you. Like, you, oh, did you mean this? But, no, no, you know, no, like, you, yeah. I, I didn't, I, that, like I said, that's all me. You know what I mean? Well, that's no, like, that, I guess that's my, one of those things where I'm like, how, I've kept that animal, you know, yeah. I've, I've had, I've had Malukins and, uh, you know, and, and here I am, you know, which, which I think to, to, to my point, nobody should feel bad about mispronouncing something that's difficult to pronounce. Or in a dead and language. if you get somebody, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get somebody who who wants to snob hard on you about it, then they should just go and kiss your 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 right ass cheek, right? Yes, like, God. I, I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I, 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 you do hear a lot of different ways of of pronouncing things. You know, sure, and sure. It's really kind of sometimes you see it. You know, like you said, you see it written and you pronounce it some way and somebody that comes along is like, what are you talking about? I've I've always called them this or you know, this is what I call them. And then, we, you know, you both could be wrong. Like like Justin said, it's a dead language, you know. Yeah. So well, and and Justin, just to defend Scott, I've heard him say that that uh, you know it's okay to mispronounce stuff yeah. because nobody's yeah. perfect. I have well, heard love, him say I'd that. I love giving Scott e- a hard time. E- any chance? Yeah. Like oh no, I, I think I think giving Scott a hard time is is uh you know that's that that's love talk for Scott. He likes he likes giving hard times. So. I think yeah. a lot of it well, is just a different emphasis on an, on a different syllable. You know, crotalis versus mm-hmm. crotalis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it matter? And, and, you know, tomato, uh, tomato. It's it's the same thing. Like to yeah. that, it's it's whatever. I, I yeah. don't get and if you if you live in Australia or you live in Europe or something, you might pronounce it a completely mm-hmm. different way. Just you know, for for whatever reason. But um, we, whether you're South I was African, with, whether you're Russian, uh-huh. or whether you're American, it's the same species, and y'all you know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, that's everyone's true. on the same that's page. True. Even if you pronounce it differently. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Um, it, well, I mean, you can say papayan and, and you know, nobody knows <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but I uh, feel like I wasn't there for that one. That was uh, an early <laughs> THP thing. Jake was calling pop with yeah. papayans for like a couple ah, episodes and i couldn't good one i couldn't tell if he was just confused or if he was like legitimately <laughs> doing it and so i didn't say anything and so then we yeah, got you were gonna just let it go see where it went i haven't heard the the <laughs> end of it in like three or four years yeah so. yeah that's awesome. That's a that's a that's nice awesome. you know public public way to have people remember. <laughs> yeah. But you know, again, it's you know as long as you can communicate what you're talking about, I I think it's it's fine to use common names. But like you said, there's some things that are just specific, may not have a common name, or the mm-hmm. common name is shared with a bunch of other species where it's it's important to communicate what you're talking about. I mean, everybody knows what you what you're talking about when you say you know chondro. Yeah, even though that yeah. name is no longer yeah. used yeah. it's you know and at that point uh, you're just getting into like the slang of it almost uh-huh you know, yeah we're yeah, talking yeah. about it chondros uh you know like elafe bimaculata we call them bimax um yep yep exactly. Baird eye, you know stuff like that it's, it's i'm a not a lot of abbreviations i don't of split hairs when it comes to to that stuff it's just one of those things yeah where it's, it's and, and i would i would it's easier to type that out that, Bredeye than yeah. Bredel's Python, like it's almost an abbreviated uh-huh. form. It's just easier to say Bairdi, or yeah, you know, like a corn snakes. I'll never call Gatatus. It's a corn. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, not that yeah. guy that everything has to be a scientific name. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like Spanglish almost, except it's Latin. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and some of the abbreviations would be classified as a you know a common name to some extent because you're not saying the whole name you're just you know shortening or something and and so it makes it difficult for you know if if you're not in the know in that group you know i wouldn't know what a bimac was if you said bimac i'd I'd have no clue what you're talking about Mm -hmm. you know so you kind of have to know that area as well i i don't get into colubrids as much as some guys that goes back to the audio thing yeah, what do you yeah. what do you call Latin slang? Like languish? Is that languish? <laughs> I don't actually know. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Latinish. Latin Latinish Latinish. yeah, it's uh, I I think you know for some again going back to people who are not in the know you know and no don't know the scientific names. I imagine that could be really. I guess it would be me at a spider conference, you know, mm-hmm. listen to everybody just rattle off scientific names of spiders, not knowing what, what's going on in the conversation. That would be a little frustrating. It would not mm-hmm. be enjoyable to be in that conversation. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go talk to somebody else now. Yeah. It depends on the context, right? Like, it, I mean, I, I don't always know in, in a conversation uh, about snakes or something that I'm unfamiliar with what, what um exactly the species that's being talked about but if there's an animal in front of me i can appreciate that animal right mm-hmm. i think that's a common thing for people is sure is they may mm-hmm. not be able to you know you, you, we don't all have to speak the same language to have appreciation for something right like yeah. i i, I kind of think that but yeah look well, at that me, I'm helping you out yeah, again dude I mean, for me it's Jeez. like monitors like i'm i'm other than the ackies yeah. and some of you know a lot of the endotria mm-hmm. sort of stuff like i'm i'm fairly clueless when it comes to a lot of the monitors so when i hear people talking about them you know i'm usually googling as i'm listening and then it's like oh okay i've heard of that common name before so now you can sort of put a, a face to the name in a sense um 
but yeah. I like I like yeah. seeing that stuff and learning that kind of stuff. You know, the way yeah. I, I came familiar with scientific names is when I was in, I don't know, probably like the fifth or sixth grade, maybe seventh. I had these, like a gallon size Ziploc bag of flashcards and it was just common names on one side, scientifics on the other. And instead of actually paying attention to what I was supposed to be paying attention to in class, I'd just be <laughs> flipping through those. And then tarantulas awesome. and stuff happened. And it was one of those things where it's like yeah. you have to learn these things to be able to keep up and yeah. understand what's going on. So. I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those things where if you want to learn it, it's not difficult. It just requires you to take the time to research and read. Um, but if mm -hmm. you don't, I mean, that's cool yeah. too. It just might make things a little more do, difficult. Do, do you feel like maybe in the invert community that that, 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 um, you know, knowing those Latin names, uh, as kind of, a part of the price of ticket admission makes them, a. a uh, you know, makes their community better or, or had some value added in, say, comparatively to some of the reptile community where we use common names? Hmm, that's a Not good necessarily. Question. I mean, it's a much smaller community compared to reptiles, that's for sure. And even then in that, mm -hmm. you know, the scorpion sector of that is even smaller than the tarantula sector. So and mm -hmm. I mean, there is a lot of so it's a very it's a very nipper community. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. but a lot of I those like species it. especially tarantulas don't even have common names you know how they even have latin mm. names because someone said oh yeah i found that in south america i named it this cool everyone moves on and just accepts it and kind of just carries yeah, on sure. yeah, yeah um but um, you look at stuff like rosehair tarantulas i don't know there's probably more than yeah. three or four common <laughs> names for a rosehair tarantula so. yeah mm -hmm. And most people are going to know what people are talking about if they say rose or tarantula of any some sort. It's it's going to be that gramostola, um, but that's kind of where it's necessary. And it's the same with, with yeah, yeah. It's it's just easier, and especially when you're getting into some like the baboon tarantulas and stuff in Africa, they can get kind of hard to to tell apart from one another because a lot of them do look very similar. Um, and I remember posts on on some of the like arachno boards is a big forum for that stuff, and there'd be posts of some of the. Uh, I'm blanking on the genus name, but people wouldn't even know what it was. They just, they'd know sort of what realm it's in as far as like what genus it belongs to. But they're like, we can mm -hmm. just tell you that it's this. Don't get bit by it. You know, this is how you're probably going to mm -hmm. keep it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, mm -hmm. if you can't give a common name in that scenario, you know, you don't have a, you got to be clued into the. Yeah. If you don't even have a scientific name. <laughs> yeah. Now that's scary. To, I don't know. I can't tell you anything about it. just don't get bit by it. Right? <laughs> Check. Yeah. Check. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I wonder too, if it, if it, uh, like you said, you know, the tarantula community is small. Is that just because people are, are more freaked out by tarantulas or, or do you think that the, the scientific name use, uh, scares people away or intimidates people from being more involved in the community? I think it's a, it's a fear of spiders. It's arachnophobia, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I used to Definitely. not like spiders. Yeah. And then I kept a. Yeah. I yeah. got a. <laughs> I got given back a rose hair I gave to my buddy for his birthday, and after that, I was like, these are actually mm -hmm. pretty cool. And then I just there was a point yeah. where I almost wasn't even keeping reptiles. I had maybe a couple snakes, and it was mm -hmm. all scorpions and tarantulas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, you guys seem to know those all those <laughs> tarantula and scorpion names in Texas. And yeah, again, like snake. Okay, no, yeah. uh, tarantula. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but that's another good example yeah. though, because the ones in this in the southwest, yeah. they're all pretty much the same color. 
They're either mm-hmm. dark brown or they're tan. And guess what? A lot of their common names are have the word tan, brown, blonde. Like, so you kind of, I mean, yeah. they're all they're all in the same genus, but knowing the species kind of does help, at least if you're trying to know what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that regard, yeah. that's another one where scientific names do come in handy, even though they're all a form mm-hmm. of Belma or whatever it is. Yeah. Now I, I think, uh, birders, they, they are really good about, uh, common name use. Like I think they try to give each bird a very specific, almost like a scientific name. The common name is generally specific enough that you know what bird they're talking about. And I, I think, you know, the reptile, you know, herpetology could learn a lot from ornithology in a lot of ways where, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have it down pat and it's really like, you almost don't have to know the scientific name to, to get into birding and, and a lot of the apps and things like that are all common name. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. And, and really, I think most reptiles would have kind of a consensus common name, uh, at least for the ones that I know about, you know, the Australian yeah. Python, you know, things like that. Um, so it, it does, you know, there, there is a place for that for, and, and I think, um, it, that's, you know, makes birding, a little easier to get into or a little more, you know, easy and enjoyable as a beginner is you don't have people, oh, do you mean Agapornis, you know, right. <laughs> the scientific names, you know, um, where you can use a common name and, it, and it, it's equivalent to a scientific name in a lot of ways. And Phil had brought that up too. And I thought that was odd because I would think that birding and birders would go even harder in the paint when it comes to, to scientific names. So it's kind of bizarre mm-hmm. to me that it's sort of the opposite. Cause you would think with as many different redheaded birds as there are in the world that, that having common names for those would kind of get yeah. tough and sort of, it's like, well, we're running out of we're running out of ideas. We can't differentiate a redheaded bird <laughs> at some point. It's like, we got to start using the scientific names. I would think. <laughs> yeah. So is there, is there a lot of flux taxonomically in birds? I don't, I don't have no idea is, 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 I mean, you know, it seems like, it seems like reptiles have a fair amount of taxonomic flux in in changing their, their, you know, coming out of a genus or, or, or splitting species or things like that is, is our birds that way as well, Justin? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I would imagine, I mean, with the advent of uh, DNA, you know, sequencing and, and, and using that in taxonomy, I'm sure there's changes. There's probably everything, more yeah, than yeah, everything, yeah, you know, yeah, anything yeah. with a genome is probably getting moved and shifted around. And I think it gives a lot of taxonomists, you know, reason to go out and name new species or discover sure. cryptic species. Like, you know, for instance, the, the, um, spiny tailed skinks out in Western Australia, they were all just Egernia depressa. Even and so people were using the common names, um, you know, like the the gray depressa or the red depressa or the you know coral depressa to to differentiate the different um, types that were um, definitely you know new species. They just hadn't been described yet and given a, a formal scientific name. So the common names were actually serving as a substitute for the scientific name to keep yeah. them separate. And, and breed, you know, a red with a red, which, you know, avoids making hybrids. Um, we, we were, uh, uh, one, of one of my friends got, got busted bringing some stuff in from Australia and it went to one of the zoos close to where he lived. And we went and saw the animals there and they had all of them in the same cage, even though they were 
technically, and now we know, uh, three different separate species, species yeah. and they were all segregated at different corners of the cage. You know, <laughs> one's they, over here, one's over here, one set's over there. And they yeah. knew they were different species. Like gangs you know, in so. prison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Latin kings in one corner, MS-13 yeah. in the other. Aryans over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, same, same kind of deal, but they knew they were different species and we knew they were different species. And we're saying, you probably want to keep those in different cages. You know, there's a reason that we're, we're calling them different common names. They're probably different species. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they were described as different species and split up into four, uh, four different species from that one, you know, widely ranging species. So, you know, common names sometimes can can be well, there's the, more and, accurate and you, than a scientific yeah, name. You just don't see the flux in common names, right? Like, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what Poplin carpets do as long as we know, you know, what in common name we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, like, yep. and maybe that was a shitty example, but well, no, oh, it's like a good example. Like the Eastern yeah. garters, yeah. You know, there's a lot of variation in those. We have some around here that are really nice blue, teal, and then we have some that are army green and kind of ugly, and then there's some that are like brick mm-hmm. red, and they're all the same species, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, but that's a red form garter. That's a blue form. That's the you know mm-hmm. normal or whatever you want to call it wild type, I guess. But that's, I mean, that's a good example of that. It's yeah, the common or the mm-hmm. the colloquial. Col- colloquialism helps to know what you're talking about more yeah. specifically than maybe a scientific name might. Um, so, you know, there, there is some caution, I guess, to, to just relying on scientific names because those can change and those can be split up into separate species. And if, especially when you're bringing stuff into, you know, herpetoculture and, and you're, you know, having breeding projects or even zoos, you know, if you're breeding a bunch of stuff in the zoos, like the, the Fijian banded iguanas, mm-hmm. um, you know, those got split up and, and a lot of zoos found out they were actually making hybrids, you know, which is not the oh. best case scenario there. So, you know, especially if you're trying to conserve a, a island species that is, is fairly rare, at yeah. least in, in zoos, in a zoo setting. So that's uh, something to, to be careful of as well. And I'm sure they, they came from maybe different islands and the islanders knew there was something different about them. You know, that kind of thing. The locals probably knew uh, these yeah. are different species or <laughs> different types at least. So. Well, what are your thoughts on, on chondros being split into the different subspecies? Is that something that you kind of figured was the case going in? It was a little bit surprising. I mean, obviously there's, there's some, you know, definitely some, uh, that was somewhat warranted and, mm-hmm. you know, they probably could have gone further or, or less far. I, I don't know. Taxonomy really frustrates me because, um, you know, how long there, there's no just firm and fast rules. And we talk right. a lot of, quite a bit about this. We have a, an episode with uh, Scott Iper coming out, uh, this Friday. So, um, that will be in the past when this is yes. released. But, You're spe- <laughs> yeah, speaking past tense. Um, but we're going, we talk, in, we're going into the future. <laughs> quite a bit about that. But, you know, it, it, I, I think the one that the recent one that really makes me scratch my head is the Anteresia paper where I knew he was. They, <laughs> I, I, I got it on a lot. Yeah. <laughs> where they took all the children's and Stimson's and, and lumped them all into children eye. But then yeah, they yeah. took spotted's and split them into, uh, two subspecies and a different species for the, uh, the ones on new Guinea. Yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. And about some of that. those studies <laughs> just aren't aren't that solid. Like they're not built on a terribly oh, good foundation. Yeah. Like I know rhino rat snakes, even the people who wrote that paper yeah. even said like we didn't do a whole lot of like footwork on this. So call them what <laughs> yeah. you want, but this is what we're gonna we're gonna put them in with Ganyasoma anyways, even though they're yeah. nothing like Jansen Eye or the Oxysome yeah. or anything like that. It's like whatever. Right. Yeah. That's a that's so, a hill so, on the island with that, Rob Stone. It, <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean it, what is that dude like is that just some people like i'm in the scientific field i'm expected to publish and i need to publish even if what i'm publishing mm, might be unsupported crap <sighs> to, maybe to some extent i mean you know if you're funded you got to have a product at the other end so if you're yeah. not publishing and you're being funded you're probably not going to get funded the next round yeah, if you got if a you surplus or something too i'm sure it's like we got to get this spent yeah. or we're not going to get it next year yeah, yeah. and there's, well, there's i work for the government i know all about spending <laughs> everything you get <laughs> and and there is a downside to to that kind of thing i mean it's it's really hard to publish negative results you know yeah. and in in, yeah. in my line of work there's you know most of the stuff we get is negative results you know like because we're looking for stuff that'll treat and uh, viruses and viral diseases and so you know if you get something that doesn't work you're not going to publish on it but right. at the same time that can be that can be useful information as well. So, you know, even if you don't find there's a difference between, you know, the different Ganyasoma or, or, or if you're yeah. trying to lump something that doesn't go there, um, you know, there's, there's something to be said about like what we found confirmed or, or yeah. you know, based on what we see with our eyes. <laughs> that's the thing when you got a gene jockey that just is looking at a couple genes and, and they say, Oh, it says this, we got to move it no matter what our eyes tell us. Mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of bad science regardless yeah. of, you know, how, how well supported you think it is or how well you can argue it. It's probably, well, I, not the best. I mean, I, I think you're just taking, you're taking a factor without taking into account all of the factors right you're you're probably looking at it at the at the wrong and you know if it says something it says something but are you looking at it at the right uh altitude? confirmation bias yes thank you thank you yep. somebody with a real word there jeez <laughs> that's that's i've said it a lot on on the other you know on our shows and stuff it's like that's the mm -hmm. most frustrating thing with taxonomy is it's science like it's a world of standards mm -hmm. and measuring sticks and thresholds and yeah. definitive parameters this but is how like, you do it you but know? hey yeah. this is point half a percentage deviated from this population in an island from the mainland it's a new species and it's like there has to be and some people bring up the whole like we're three percent deviated from bananas or something weird like that and it's like <laughs> let's be realistic like we're not comparing we're not Bacon chondros, three yeah. percent related to hyenas. It's like there, but there has to. Yeah. How is there not some sort of? Once it's past this number, we can say it's a species. Once it's you know if it's inside yeah. that and it's far enough away from the baseline, like that's a subspecies. Like it just yeah. blows my mind that in in the world of, I won't necessarily say definitives, but you know, like calculated, measured, mm -hmm. we know these categor categories. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to categorize everything and say where it fits and how it fits. Instead, and, it's just a free you know, working for all. all that out. That's yeah. It seems it seems like that that's the case. And you know, I I've always I'm I'm on the same page there. Like I just get frustrated. Like 
come on, you know, really, you're going to call that the same thing or you're going to split those things up or whatever and leave these things, you know, with the, you're going to lump all the stuff under children. eye, but you're going to split spotted into three different things. You know, it's like, come on. Well, but, but, but I mean, at the same time, like who, who's do, I mean, yeah. is that the new, is that the new standard for, yeah. for, you know what I mean? Like it's the, the, mm-hmm. just publishing that doesn't necessarily make it so. Right. It it still has to go through like everyone basically saying, yeah, I agree with that. And then they Mm -hmm. either adopt it or they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and and if if people don't agree with it, then it just kind of goes by the way of, you know, uh, uh, glossed over, maybe not great work. Right. I, I mean. Well, and, and it, it ends up being that that one paper, you know. Mm. Yeah, if if you adopt that too, and and you're in Australia and you're looking at an Antaresia, you know, you're oh, I saw a children's python. Well, where where were you? You know, yeah. there's so many follow up questions versus I saw Western Stimpsons. Okay, well, I, I at least know you, you know yeah. you're in the general yeah. area yeah. of Western yeah. Australia. Yeah. You weren't in the Northern yeah. Territory or whatever, or or in Queensland or whatever. I mean, if you're right now, if you follow that children's. Uh, current status or whatever they, they the published published version then you're gonna you could be anywhere in australia and say i saw a children's python and i don't know i mean i i like the idea of you know if something's biologically significant i mean mm-hmm. something with a distinct pattern um that's somewhat isolated from yep. other populations and i i thought their genetic work showed like four different populations of of what could be, you know, broken into four different species potentially, you know, I, I know I talked to another tech taxonomist that, um, and he said that, Oh, th- those could be four species. If, if I was doing the work, that's what it would have been, mm-hmm. you know? So it just depends a little bit on who's doing the work and maybe, you know, yeah, if you, if you split them up, there's already a name for them. So you don't get the notoriety of naming something new. And, you know, again, maybe they had to, do something cool because they're up for promotion and at their university. And if they name a new species, they get promoted. Or if they show some controversial thing that they try to get everybody to adopt. You might get hosed if you name it a new species. (laughs) (laughs) The other side of that coin is, is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with my, my animals in boxes, you know, all the way across the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not the one doing the footwork. I'm not the one putting in the time. Who am I to really question it? Can I have an opinion about it? Sure. But yeah, these yeah. people are also putting in the time and effort, you know, whether that's a lot of effort or, or next to nothing, that's to be seen. But mm-hmm. I can't really yeah. say much. And once again, it's not going to have any effect on how I'm keeping my animals, whether Ganyasoma jansenii and Ganyasoma oxycephalum end up being put in together in the same species. I'm still yeah. going to keep them the way I'm keeping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, I guess that goes back to the, the common name, you know, you're going to know what the, mm-hmm. the animal is regardless of what genus it's in or, or if it's sunk into the same species. If you say, you know, I've got a, uh, you know, New Guinea, uh, spotted Python, people are going to know what you're talking about. Or if you say right. I have a Cape York spotted Python, pretty easy to know what they're talking about. You know, and if they haven't read the latest paper and you're using the new, you know, Antaresia papuensis, the, you know, people the hip like, what? what is that? I've never heard of that, you know, so. Yeah. Well, what do you Common think names. about Somalia, like the cryptic diversity, like we saw with conjures? Do you think there's a similar thing going on with scrubs? Oh, yeah. I think the oh, scrub yeah. complex is a big mess. <laughs> and I think there's some uh, work going on now that will hopefully clarify that soon. Yeah. 
Um, although, you know, science and writing scientific publications or even trade books like the complete carpet Python mm -hmm. take time and get yeah. delayed and people get frustrated because it's not out yet. Uh, you know, you just gotta take it when it comes, but you know, that's, and that was another, uh, when I was writing the knobtail book, there was, um, the, the hint or, you know, people were kind of chattering about how the, the banded knobtails, uh, Wheeler eye, um, were probably separate species between Cinctus and Wheeleri, you know, before they were subspecies, Wheeleri Cinctus and Wheeleri Wheeleri. And then just right before we got the book finished up, they uh, published that paper that showed that they were separate species and had a pretty good justification for that. So we included and, them in the book as separate species, but it was pretty easy change. Just take out the right. extra W, <laughs> call them Wheeleri or Cinctus. So. Yeah, some some splits aren't that easy, but that but one was pretty. Was that just a case? They were already subspecies with you know, subspecific names. Yeah, was that just a case of them not having looked at them for a couple decades, and now we have the technology to do it, or was it just a thing where people were like, "Sure, it's a subspecies, whatever. We're not mm -hmm. going to bother." Yeah, I, I think it was mostly the the DNA work where you could demonstrate that they had diverged significantly through, you know, the different genes that they looked at. And, you know, who knows, maybe in the future they go back to being subspecies. I mean, they're very similar, but they do have some morphological differences mm -hmm. as well. And that usually helps if you can show they have a restricted range, they have genetic differences and they have morphological characteristics. And, you know, we're kind of trying to do that a little bit with the carpets in the book, but it's just for fun. You know, we're not taxonomists. So anything we put out there is just an, an idea, a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. that you know science can go and check or or uh prove one way or the other and we could be completely wrong or we could be right on the money so but you know keeping them and and having that um interest in them i think a lot of times um can in some ways trump a degree in in regards to understanding what you know is different from what you know you can see those subtle differences that most people miss like with the chondros i mean i think you know there were a lot of uh things that the chondro community knew that maybe science had to go out and measure right. a thousand specimens to see a difference and say oh, okay yeah you're right the tail length is different or the you know the the thickness of the tail or mm -hmm. whatever is different well, I think I think some of that's starting to come out in Somalia right now is where yep. they're, you know, the 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 but before it was, you know, you had a set number of locality and and, and the, when they came from that locality, that's what it was. And and now, you know, when something looks different, people jump on it like, no, that's not that. And and you know, I, I think now we're starting to see like, oh, okay. And and I think that will probably drive some some you know some grad student to go out and do the research i know iper i thought he had said that there was work being done on uh some of the aussie scrubs um so you know that'll be interesting and i, I could see that i don't i don't know you know i i feel like uh some of the people who do the endo work you know they they tend to focus you know like like you know, Mark, Mark does a lot of Indo stuff, but you know, he tends to go on expeditions and do lot, you know, lots of species. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know, I don't know anybody, but that means absolutely nothing. Cause I don't know a lot of people, but, um, you know, I don't know anybody trying to really sort, uh, scrub pythons out right now. Yeah. Um, there, there is some work going on and is oh, there a little, wow. Oh, I mean, and really, I mean, I think a lot of this, uh, speaks, you know, where 
where herpetoculturalists uh, study and know the stuff and they have these maybe, you know, trade names that they use to differentiate what they think are significant, biologically significant groups, or at least um, morphotypes of a, yeah. of a species, you know, like, like uh, Schmidt was talking about in regards to the color phases of Eastern garter snake um, that where there, there is a place for, um, you know, citizen science where you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm noticing this pretty consistent difference in these mm-hmm. animals that I'm keeping and I'm getting them from these different areas. And hey, I don't, I don't think this is the same thing, or I don't think these are the, should be the same thing. And then you go to their habitat and you find a few in the wild and you're like, Oh, it's a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this in the habitat as well. And I'm seeing this in the yeah. wild. And then you, you kind of talk to a, a herpetologist and you team up and, you know, your idea can become a scientific study. And, and then the herpetologist, Herpetologist kind of knows how to go about that the proper way to, you know, be consistent with the rules and and the ways that things are done in science. So, um, and whereas uh, this could all stem from, you know, using their common names or using a trade name or using some kind of name to differentiate that we use in, in herpetoculture that's not used in herpetology and not even known about or cared about in herpetology, but it could uh, result in some pretty big, um, findings potentially. Mm-hmm. So. I just, it makes me kind of giggle. Cause if they ever lumped carpets together, uh-huh. everyone would lose their minds. Like it happened with chondros Cause everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, you're breeding hybrids. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we kind of figured like nobody cares. Yeah. They're still awesome. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. They did that with carpets. Yeah, yeah. There would be yeah. war in the streets. Uh, <laughs> well, and there's a, there's kind of a push for that. Like, you know, they're all the same species and these, these taxonomists don't believe in subspecies in a lot of cases. Although, uh, we talked about Donellan and, and his, uh, use of subspecies in the green tree paper. So that kind of surprised me a little, cause he typically shied away from using subspecies names mm-hmm. in his publication. So, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, and there, I've, I've heard there's work being done on the carpets, so we might see a similar thing that was done with the children's pythons. They could just sink them all into Morelia spilota and yeah, people would be like, wait Get a second, you know, we know. Yeah, exactly. Would Nick's head explode? <laughs> I think Ooh. every scientific paper, I propose that in giant bold letters at the top, under the title and authors, it should say, this is subject to change. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Disclaimer. Then if people and that, and are writing that they can be like, okay, <laughs> someone's going to revisit this at some point. It may not be in my lifetime, but it isn't yeah. set in stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh I, and and another, you know, kind of shortcoming of science is that people don't want to fund research that verifies other research. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if somebody comes yeah. out with a paper, nobody's going to fund you to go look at that same topic to see if what the first group found out mm-hmm. was correct. But actually that's a very important aspect of science is that your your results be repeatable. Probably probably the most critical part of science yeah exactly unless uh old old he who shall not be named uh does his little work on stuff then people will definitely uh try to counter that or or verify but you know i was actually i i came across one of uh, his his uh papers in quotations Uh, big air quotes um, and and a lot of the ideas that he was having in regards to carpets were kind of this along the same lines i was thinking and i'm like oh no <laughs> am i hosiery or am, am i doing the same thing you know so it's it, you know i think that 
he's he's smart enough to be dangerous, I guess is the, mm-hmm. the point. Sure. There. Sure. But you know, one person can kind of go and make a big mess of a of a group of work without actually doing the actual work. And so that's yeah, why I we're think really and I think that's to... the biggest I think that's one of the bigger issues around taxonomic rules and and how things like that work. I, I mean I I you know I just I would be freaking pissed if I did all this work, you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming people who are doing this work do their homework enough to know like, Oh man, if I do this, ah, damn, you know, like they, (laughs) they know. And and, and you you almost wonder, is that, is that key people from doing work? Because they're like, I am not giving that. Mm -mm, No, I'm not giving them their due for that. There was a case of that just recently with Owen Pelly Pythons, the S query group that um, they, they did the, they were the ones that did the children's Python thing, (laughs) but they, um, they were looking at uh, just broad um, classifications of, of Australian Pythons. And they, they found that uh, Owen Pelly pythons were more basal to the carpet python group, which warranted a change in genus from Somalia to what they called Nawaran, which I thought was kind of a cool name because it's the aboriginal name for Owen Pelly python. Is right. Nawaran. And so I was all excited about that. Well, then another group came in and said, actually, the uh, you know proper genus name is Nyctophilopython from the, you know, wells and wellington back in 86 or whatever and so you know there was a publication that said you know you're you you need to use this name because it was proposed first and so they had to you know Mm. adopt that and now a lot of the guidebooks are using nicto tiflopython and now it's never going to matter because we're never going to have any of them over here yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or nobody's gonna want to try to pronounce that in public anyway. Like people yeah, arguing so over the name of an imaginary like some, friend. Yeah, it sounds like some neurologic abnormality. I I've was gonna say, uh, or something, so or something a pervert gets convicted for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's um, again the uh, a win for the common name, I guess. You know, everybody knows what you're talking about when you say Owen oh, Pelly Python, but well, it, it, but it's not fair. Me. It's not fair because it, you know you have to have a naming system, and yeah. and yeah. and that system needs to have a set of rules. Were some of those rules completely like like it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like we that you know we haven't updated our constitution forever and has our world you know as us as the us has it changed significantly like should we probably like look at some of it and see if it makes sense now i'm not saying that we should just throw the constitution out that's not what i'm fucking saying but it, it, it you know sounds like that's over, what you're saying Chuck. no that's not no. what i'm saying i that's think not you're anti america that's <laughs> I am a Pico commie. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I just think that, you know, you have to make things make sense for, yeah. you know, where you're at. And, and I'm sure way back when, when it wasn't super confusing and, and they were just naming stuff off the basis of how it looks, yeah. it all made a whole bunch of sense and it was yep. a lot less complex, but now it's kind of like, Oh my God, this is a freaking mess. Yeah. You they know? didn't have any concept of DNA or, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, and now that's, you know, what a lot of this stuff is, is based on is DNA yeah. work and, yeah, but it's always it's remembering well, that taxonomy is it's a it's it's not a start and a finish. It's a it's just a 
perpetual yeah. timeline. Like, so yeah, right now, rhino rat snakes are gone. Yosoma in 20 years, it may completely change and they may be monotypic. Who knows? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. always evolving. It's, it's, it's never yeah. just set to where it's like, okay, this is what it is. And this is what it'll be forever. So it's, and, like, and yeah. that's a really good point. And there's stuff's always evolving too. So you're, I mean, look at corn snakes. It's an, another example. Like, the range of corn snakes, there's got to be some sort of cryptic diversity going on there, too, I would think, given the range yeah. and, like, you know, island types and montane stuff. And surely there's more going on there. And that would be another point mm-hmm. where scientific names would probably help, because if there's now a million common names for the different kinds of corns, it might become problematic. Um, but stuff's always evolving. So, yeah, you know, uh, children's pythons may now be back in one gigantic group but in however many hundreds of years it may have changed maybe someone new technology constantly evolving maybe they find something else and they say okay let's go mm-hmm. back to how it was before like it's it's very fluid it's constantly shifting and it's never going to stay how it is forever it's not permanent what do yeah. you think about what do you think about the oh no 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 we can't have that factor of like <laughs> something gets put somewhere and then it causes a research group to be like uh-uh no we're, we got to readdress this we got to and and it spurs more research you think that's i mean i know you said that that once they do research they don't want to you know necessarily do more research to confirm it but you know um certainly if you could uh show that maybe the the methods and methods uh, of, of the way they got there wasn't so sound. Uh, I'm sure everybody's down for that kind of a scientific, uh, beat down. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I probably was talking out my butt. I don't know how, you know, research in herpetology is funded, <laughs> but I mean, I do know that the well, but, uh, but dollars I do are hard to you. come by, of course, but I mean, you yeah. know, they, they may, they may fund that kind of stuff. And I, and I think as long as you have a good scientific hypothesis that you want to test and you have some preliminary evidence that shows, you know, support for what you're looking at, um, then, you know, you have as good a chance of getting funded as anybody. I think your statement was right because, you know, when they look at papers and research, they're like, wow, these methods were, you know, innovative and very sound. And, you know, they want to talk about how valid the way they arrived at that was. And if it was extremely valid, then, yeah, then that's probably, you know, kind of the end of it. Right. And and, you know, given the the idea of like certain funding is really easy to get for like human stuff, right? Well, probably not even easy to get, but probably a lot easier than reptiles, right? So a good a good sound reptile paper probably is about as far as it's going to go, yeah. you know, as far as confirming work <laughs> right that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I suspect. But again, I, I have no I mean, uh, you know, other than kind of being an author on a couple papers with some, yeah. some guys, you know, well, you've de- papers, but <laughs> definitely got to read a few. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it is it is what it is. I guess we we do the best we can with what we've got. But um, and, you, you know, like Justin said, it's this is an ever evolving thing. I mean, nothing's static everything kind of keeps going. And I mean, 10 years ago, it was unheard of to, you know, and it took weeks to sequence a genome. Now we can do it in a, you know, a few hours or something, depending on what, what technology we use. So we can dive deeper and less, less expensively than we could even a decade Mm -hmm. ago. So it's going to be interesting to see where it's going to continue to grow. 
Mm-hmm. Like as fast as technology yeah. is moving now, what's it going to be like in 20 years, 10 years? You know, it's just, it's crazy. It, it, it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how things change as far as taxonomy and new technology coming into the fold and adapting things. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty exciting to think about, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yep. For sure. Nice thing about technology. It I gives just, us more tools. I love seeing phylogenetic trees and stuff, man. Like they just released one on, on Boyga about a year ago yep. that just showed the relationship of everything. And I, I, I find that very cool to see where things are coming from. Cause you'd be surprised at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rock, uh, rock conjures is what I want to call them. Rough scale pythons. You know, I never yeah. would have guessed that they were so closely related to green trees, but then you see them and you look at them and it's like, that's a rock conjure. Like the head shape is almost identical to, yeah. to some of those. It's, it's just cool. Cause that's two completely different biomes and stuff that those things are living in. But to be that closely related, I, don't, just, I, don't know, I love that kind of stuff. It's it's neat to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is fun to to see. And, and you know, in the same token, like sometimes you look at a paper and you're like, "Wait a second, that's not right." <laughs> you know, uh, liasses aren't aren't anteresia or whatever. You know, an olive python is not a children's python relative. You know, even though they might look similar from a mm-hmm. distance. I don't know. You know it's really kind of sometimes you see them and go, no, that's not right. Yeah. But, and you know, it's always nice when you're right and they change it and you're like, yep, I told them. I told them. <laughs> I told them so. <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, any final statements? We, we beat a, the horse to death or rather the equus, uh, Commonicus. I'll the, say scientific, name of a horse. <laughs> scientific names help cut through the confusion. They're the universal language in a smaller and considerably more digital world and hobby now. You know, I'm in some of the groups on Facebook that are European and they're there's I don't even know what the language is when I'm reading it. Couldn't tell you what country it's from, but yeah. they put in that scientific name and it's like, oh I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. You just gotta piece yeah. together what the rest of it is. So yeah that's a good point um and you know i think uh where where science falls short maybe uh common names can help out in some cases and we can have maybe a little more specificity um with something that's broadly categorized or or not shown to be really genetic uh, or or no real great uh, justification to split into different species but we might have regional phenotypes or as you know scott iper kind of brought out uh, races you know different sub classification schemes that we could use but are, are somewhat equivalent to maybe a, a common name or a, maybe a more specific locality or something like that you know we, we know what as long as we know what we're talking about i yep. think using using common using uh, scientific names is is definitely important but as long as we know what we're talking about and we can communicate and everybody's, you know, edified and <laughs> knows what's going on, then I think we're, we're good with uh, common or yeah. scientific as long as <laughs> the, the participants are, are understanding what we're talking about. People should do what makes them comfortable. If they want to use common names, go crazy. If you like to do scientific yeah. stuff, go nuts there too. Yeah. You know, whatever you want. I'm not, I don't want people to think that it's me saying we should all only be using scientific names because that's not the case. I don't <laughs> yeah. even do that, but yeah, yeah. It is, it's but a, that was the coin flip. Yeah, that that yeah. was the coin flip. You, <laughs> you had to argue that side. It's not well, bad and, information and, to have and know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and if you are confused and you don't know what somebody's talking about, ask them, you know, they'll, they'll probably tell you they're not going to, and if they shun you, they're probably not somebody you want to hang out with anyway. So leave that group, (laughs) whatever. Don't, don't be shamed into not getting into a different group of animals. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, good, uh, good discussion there. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your insights. I yeah, thought it yeah. was really helpful and some things I hadn't really considered. So yeah, cool stuff, man. How do uh, people find you get in touch with you? Uh, they can hunt me down. Um, so as far as what I'm keeping and breeding, you can find me on uh, Instagram yeah. is mostly where I'm at. It's where I post the most. That's uh, at Palmetto coast exotics. Um, the Herpeticulture network has all the podcasts. That's anywhere podcasts are found audible, Spotify, Google, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, Herpeticulture magazine, pediculturemagazine.com and I think that's it. That's very cool, man. What a, what a body of work you're leaving behind. That's, that's really admirable. I mean, I, that, uh, magazine alone is a huge endeavor and to, to add on it, a podcast, uh, empire and you know, you're, you're, uh, gonna, gonna earn that name Podfather as well. So it's just the love of the hobby, <laughs> man. Stuff. I like to just yeah. drown in it every day. As weird as that sounds, yep. I like just being I'd like all day, every day, just in it, you know, that's awesome. I love yeah. It. Well, I, 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 for one, definitely appreciate what you're doing. I enjoy your podcasts and the magazine and all, all sorts of stuff. So keep it up and, you. you know, let me know if I can help out in any way. So definitely. I was going to ask you too, what is a Palmetto coast? What does that refer to? I'm not so I'm in South Carolina, Palmetto. which is the Palmetto state uh-huh. and I'm on the coast, no. like literally the water's like. 300 yards that way um oh nice so palmetto state exotics was already taken so i ended up just doing palmetto coast and then people okay. thought that it was florida so <laughs> yeah i yeah i was i was a little confused but i mean your 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 symbol or or uh what do you call it your graphic Logo. there has this you know the state outline right mm-hmm. so i should it's, it's definitely not Florida. Yeah. Your logo. Um, so is, is Palmetto a tree? Is that a, yeah. is that what that yeah. is? Sorry for my ignorance. No fun fact. They actually used okay. to use them in like the, <laughs> cool. the civil well, and revolutionary wars the, because it's a very fibrous tree. They'd use that on the front of forts because cannonballs couldn't penetrate. Mm-hmm. And Chuck's probably familiar because we have the oh, cool. Marine Corps air station. What kind there. of tree are they? I don't even know. I couldn't yeah. tell you. I think they're their own thing. They're in some sort of palm That's, family. But huh. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's cool. I'll have to look into that. That's, I guess I should have done that in the first place. I'm, I'm lazy, I guess, when it comes to trees. Me too. <laughs> but cool, man. Well, we appreciate you being on here and, um, thanks to our listener and, uh, hope, hope you got something out of this and please join us next week for another episode of reptile fight club. We'll catch you later. Reptilian Fightus Club Eye is out. <laughs> Fight Club.